Here in Nopal, Queens, three amigas living in Sacramento, California, passionate support communities of color that intersect with mental health issues. Buenas. Hi. Welcome, everybody. Hey. Welcome back. This is going to be episode number eight. Wow. I can't believe you made it this far. This, this is, is awesome. Great. Yeah. You survived. You yes. survived. You survived. We've learned this thing. I think. I don't know the best that we can. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like, I feel we're, like growing. we're still learning and we're growing, and so far it's been a pretty good experience for us. Yeah, so I know I haven't seen you ladies in a few weeks or two. Girl, weeks? I saw you last week. I think we saw you last week. Oh, girl, my bandwidth <laughs> is very short. That's true. Okay. A lot's been going on. I know it has been. I keep thinking it's the wrong day. I so. know. I was like, "Don't scare me. I'm not ready." <laughs> so, La Luna, how are you doing? Uh, I am doing okay. Um, I'm a little sick, so not like sick, but you know, las alergias during this time. Mm. So, uh, fuck mocos, because that's what's happening right now to me. Um, so you might hear weird noises for me. I apologize. I might have to like blow my nose or something because <laughs> these mocos are coming out a little too strong. Um, it's okay. Show up with those mocos. Yeah, but yeah. other than that, I think. <laughs> I'm doing all right, and, I, and I'm excited for this topic that we're going to present on today because I have been feeling a lot of this topic lately, so um, I'm ready to get into it. Awesome. So I'm going to hand it over to uh, La Sirena so she can tell us how she's doing. Hello. This Hi. is La Sirena. Uh, you know what? I was just thinking about what I wanted to check in about, and I realized it's like almost it's mid-April, and we may or may not release an episode yeah. in time for Mother's Day. But I did mm. want to do a shout out to my mom because lately she's just been badass. Like, yeah, yeah, Mama Sirena. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Mama Sirena. So, you know, she's just she's going through a lot of different changes in her life and, yes. and challenges and, and some good things, too. Um, but just handling it with such grace that I'm like so impressed with her. And so in in spirit of the upcoming Mother's Day, I yes. just wanted to honor and pick and just talk about my mom how Love awesome mommies. she is and it's just not easy um navigating life sometimes when you're going through a lot and yeah. she lives in another city that she has a really cool ass job the only thing is she doesn't have family around it's yeah. really hard for her because she's very family oriented and so um i talk to her every day and i just support her but it, just in hearing all the things she's doing in her life and and like how she reframes situations yeah. that could be sad or could be really challenging um she's just been trying to reframe them and pull out strengths and you know she's like all about the trial and error and the growth mindset and i wonder who else does that <laughs> you now we know hey, who you got it from you got it from genes. your mama <laughs> <laughs> so i i'm just like really in on i just wanted to shout out to her and also just all the other madres that i know we may not catch you right on the other las madres but mm -hmm. we are totally honoring and like i am just so in awe of what yeah. women can do yeah i'm just for sure that's my vibe today yes in short we love moms we love moms love you madre <laughs> thanks for not disowning me for having this podcast i'm talking about you love you. thank you mama <laughs> mama luna mama luna 
How are you, Larosa? I am. I think I'm good today, but like I said, I have like short bandwidth. I feel like mm-hmm. my memory card in my brain is like at full capacity. So I'm getting all my days wrong. I'm like, what day is it? <laughs> brain cannot compute. Yeah. Uh, so we recently moved. So that was really fun yes. and exciting. Um, but then the following weekend, we went to go see our family in Southern California. So mm. we didn't really get to unpack. And that is bringing a lot of anxiety to my life. But <laughs> y'all just love to be crazy. <laughs> Moving is a bitch. Yeah. Yes. I just want everything in its place right now. Yeah. And I know I it's going to take a while to get there. And those yeah. boxes don't unpack themselves. And also, <laughs> when you move, you go through like transitions where like the more you unpack the for some people, like the more you realize, like, maybe I don't want this anymore and I don't need this. And so it brings up a lot of emotions because certain items bring up things and then you just keep kind of shedding and cleansing and yeah. then you end up with less things or more things depending on like what that looks like. So it's kind of like, I don't know, just maybe give yourself permission to enjoy that that time and that you guys are creating and rebuilding something for you. Um, and it's a new space and it, it's, yeah. I love it. It's so cute. Mm. <laughs> and I just think it's, it's perfect for you guys. And I'm excited to yeah. see you like grow into it and like, kind of like figure out like your style and what the vibe is going to be in this place. Yeah. It definitely feels like it's a new chapter. Yeah. But yeah. It's Hashtag weird. adulting. Yeah. Once you get all settled, it'll be really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of ties into what, the episode is about today is Mm -hmm. um that question of like so what's next Mm -hmm. so i just finished uh getting my license recently (gasps) congratulations (laughs) yes thank you and now it's just like oh okay i did the thing now what do i do Mm -hmm. and then everyone's asking me that question too yeah yes and i know you ladies have are still getting those questions. Yeah. Too. So I think that's why too, we thought like for you all listeners out there that this topic would be fun to talk about the pressure that we experience in our culture, in our lives, um, of that constant feeling of we're not doing enough or we need to be doing more. Mm-hmm. And that's something and also like my boss brought up to me, like I was talking to her and she's like, why do you always think you have to be doing more than you have to? I'm like, no one said this like, of a clear expectation of me when I was younger. Yeah. I think my parents just said, be successful. I'm like, all right, I need to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And then I think I've just been overshooting and yeah. I am like stressing myself out in the, in the midst of it. Yeah. There, it's like a, a culture of what's next. Yes. Like it, it's like you share a piece of information and then someone's like, so what's next? Like I think for me and my partner, you know, we, we've been together for four years, a little bit over, and yeah. people are always like, so when are you getting married? And I'm like, or oh, it's just been four years and we're just really enjoying each other's yeah. company and still learning about each other. And maybe, yeah, of course we want to get there, but yeah. we're not like rushing yeah. into it. But I, I can almost guarantee that if we did get married, that right after the next question. When are you going to have kids? When are you going to have kids? And then when you yeah. have those kids and they turn 18, 19, 20, what's the next question? What are they going to do? When are they going to have grand? When are you going well, to have grandkids? What are you going to have grandkids? And then they're going to ask my children, what are you going to go to college? And they get into college. What's yeah. your major? And then you graduate. Yeah. What's your job? It's yeah. like, can we all just... Chill. chill. Yeah. Like just uh, chill? take up a seat and like chill. Yeah. Just like slow down. Yeah. And then just like 
enjoy where you're at. And I think we just, it actually became really relevant to the three of us because we've all just been, um, like focused on our licensing process. And I just, I remember like, Oh my gosh, I can't wait till I get licensed. Yeah. And then, and we were talking about it the other day, right? Like now that we are, there's this pressure to like, now what am I going to do with my license? What's my hustle going to be? And it's like, I, you know, I need to just like back up and just be like, I'm licensed. It's hard not to like beat yourself up. I remember I went through a phase where after I, I got licensed, I was pissed, like pissed because College just felt like a scam. I'm like, this shit's like, I have hella debt. I don't know what, mm-hmm. what to do with it. And just kind of like, I don't know. I just felt like a little bit bitter and like angry. Like, what the hell do I do now? Like, because one in part is like the pressure that people are putting on me. And then the pressure that I'm putting on myself because of my upbringing and the culture in my family. Well, you internalize the pressure. Yeah. yeah, you internalize it. So I found myself feeling just like angry. Like I went through so many spirals that I was like, mm, maybe I'm you were thinking like there break. should be so much more to this. Like at this point, it was like just a dissolutionment, I think, too, mm-hmm. because you have these fantasies or these things that you construct in your mind about what your life is going to look like. And, you know, being a certain age and not being able to surpass my parents and kind of establish myself, own a home and do all these things that like society or that the culture my family said we needed to do, you know, mm-hmm. kind of those unspoken rules and then feeling like, well, what, what do I do now? Because mm-hmm. I'm not in a stage where I could own a home yet or do these things and I'm not surpassing my parents. And it's like, it's a weird, I don't know. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? <laughs> yeah. And I see it not just with family, but just like with just friends or coworkers, just as that constant, like, well, what are you going to do next? And mm-hmm. then if you have, it's almost like you are forced to have an answer. Cause yeah. like it's one thing, like people are going to ask you that question. I think that's something we can't control, mm-hmm. but yeah. then what do you do with the question? Like, yeah. are you then saying, Oh my gosh, I should have an answer to that. Like a really good answer. I should yeah. be sharing like some really cool news about some big hustle. I just started and then you're like, oh, my God, I don't I don't think my answer is going to be adequate because I'm going to be like nothing. Because yeah. like I, I mean, I got <laughs> licensed, but I also have a job I really like that doesn't require my license yeah. right now. And so if people were like, oh, you got licensed. What's next? I'm like, my job is what's next. Yeah. I'm enjoying my job. And it's almost but it's like I yeah. internalize almost that like that answer wasn't good enough. Yeah. Right? Like, oh. Yeah. I should have some crazy answer like yeah. I'm starting a nonprofit. Yeah. And like, no. Getting a place in downtown but, Sacramento, but it also, and <laughs> but it's like, also kind of fucked up because we are doing a lot. Like if you think of mm-hmm. it, we're juggling full time jobs. We just finished three thousand hours worth of clinical work. Took a mm-hmm. massive ass four hour exam, passed it twice. Earned that mofo. Well, we had to do two exams: yeah. law and ethics, and yeah. the clinical. And it's like you passed that mofo, and now it's like you don't even really get to sit in it and enjoy it. And and the way that people approach this is in my opinion, personally is toxic because it's like you come and put all these pressures on me without really kind of taking a step to acknowledge or to make an attempt to understand what is it that I want, mm-hmm. you know? Cause I think, I don't know if you've, mm-hmm. you've all experienced this, but I've already been asked like, Oh, when are you going to start a private practice? I'm like, what about that's not what I want to freaking do. You know, that's a lot of work and a lot of labor. A lot. And yeah. it's like, why do I have to do that? And, and and another like thing that kind of frustrates me is that our culture ties into it too. Being mm-hmm. someone that's Latinx, it's like I'm expected to be a voice and to carry our people and all this crap. And I'm like, Mm-mm, they can go to college and get degrees and do this shit too. Like, I'm not going to be the only one. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it takes a lot of us to do it. And 
yeah, that pressure of like, so you're going to start a private practice. You're like, you know how much time that takes? Like I have to and get money? a business license. Mm-hmm. I need to find an office. I need to find clients. Yeah. I'm like, I don't got, I just want to chill. Like I just stressed myself out for months. I just want to chill out a job I know how to do yeah. yes. until I can figure out what I really want to do. do. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Because we got to be strategic now. Like we're mm-hmm. like, this is life now. Like we're done doing hours and, and, you know, checking off these boxes that says what we have to do. Now yeah. we get to cultivate the life that we yeah. want. So you my know? part in this, this is La Sirena. I will sometimes when people tell me like a piece of news, like, oh, I just graduated or I just got into college or I just had a baby or I just got licensed. I will always, I think we always have the first response is what we're conditioned to do. So it's like our gut, like instinct to ask. And then our actual response is the work that we do and change our does that make mm-hmm, sense like mm-hmm. yeah my first instinct would be to be like so what's next and then i back up and i tell myself would i want someone to tell me that and what am i contributing no. so then i back up and then what my real answer would be is like so how's it been and like i just really try to stay with what they just told yeah. me so i intentionally like just that's my own personal challenge is to never or try to not ask people what's next but just to like help stay in that moment yeah and just like appreciate what they just accomplished and just stay yeah. right there or i try being not like to how do does it feel like are you yeah how are you doing how's yeah. how are you adjusting like let's say they yes. had a kid how are you adjusting to the baby how's everything going at home or yeah or i just graduated nice enjoy that like yeah. take a break and enjoy it instead of putting that pressure of like oh well where are you gonna apply we're yes. going to go. What are you going to do? It's like, well, yeah. maybe they just want to enjoy the fact that they graduated. Like right. that's a big accomplishment. And I do feel myself mm-hmm. catching. Like I'm like, oh, I'm catching myself because I really wanted to ask that. What's next? question? Yeah. But I'm like, nope, don't do it. And I try to ask something else. Like you had good examples. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's also a good practice of mindfulness, like staying mm-hmm. in the present because yeah. yes. we're always like yeah. future tripping or in the past. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I should have done that differently. Yeah. So it's a good practice of being mindful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's like where we also want to tie in the anxiety and depression yeah. part yeah. of all of this. So I think that's some of the focus of our podcast today is this culture of what's next. And how that might be a reinforcing anxiety or potentially depression or shame. Guilt. And guilt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're here to unpack that. Yeah. <laughs> like you said, like if we give someone an answer that they like maybe wasn't satisfactory for them, they're like, oh, I'm just going to enjoy my marriage with my husband. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> not going to have children right now. Or maybe in the next, not even in the yeah. next year. And people are like, oh, it's like disappointing. Yeah. And but yeah. okay, and then so it like part reinforces of that, shame. But, but it's part like of shame. That? It's just like maybe should I start having children? Like no. I am getting right. Older. It makes you like question. I but I have a theory about that. Yeah. I feel like when that happens, because I have friends that have children that are married, and I feel like when they put that pressure on me, I feel like they're projecting something onto me. Maybe they're projecting their uncertainty like they're not sure if they made the right decision and if other people jump on it and are doing the same things then it somehow makes it good or makes it okay so i don't know i just feel like a lot of people mm. project their own stuff onto us and, and I mean, that's not, all people do well yeah and it's like not throwing <laughs> shade at my friends projecting. but it's like hey <laughs> i respected you when you had children when you started your life when you got married respect me and where I am in my life and the fact that I'm not having children and I and I don't want that and at some point I will be married but just the way I supported and respected you respect me where I am in my life like that's my yeah. thing it's like mm-hmm. it frustrates me when I can feel them sliming me with this like 
pressure to do whatever they think that I need to do because we're constructed that way. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I can see that with friends. I think sometimes it's like harder with theos, theos, mom mm, and dad. And they're yeah. like, mm-hmm. I went home for Christmas and I wore a poncho just because I like oh ponchos. My and my feels are like, niña, estás embarazada? I'm like, no, what the heck? And then I was just like felt so bad afterwards. Yeah. I was just like, does he think I'm wearing a poncho because I'm pregnant? Or yeah. like, yeah, I know I've gained a little bit of weight. Oh my <laughs> like, gosh. I'm just like good cycling through all my like anxiety yeah. thoughts and then just feeling very like shameful afterwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm different because I'm kind of an ass in my family. Like people don't go there with me because I'm very cutthroat. So like if my tias would say that, I'd be like, no, solamente estoy guarda tía and then I walk away. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, like they don't say anything. Yeah. And then like I would just mess with my tias. So I think for me, but I think that was also my defense mechanism because I'm like, I don't want to feel these things that I think you're trying to make me feel. So no, I just got fat tía deal with it okay bye but it's like i had to learn that i think but i also don't go back as often so maybe that's why it doesn't affect me as much as you know it could Mm -hmm. yeah so i think there's a lot of um pressure especially from latino families because of the background and history Mm -hmm. and like where the role that maybe our our the uh, work generations yeah and work ethic have played which I think is a great characteristic, by the way, of our cultures. See, um, we Nopal Queens represents um, El Salvadorian and Mexican cultures, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think from both of our cultures, I, I'm sure from yours too, um, La Rosa, that work ethic is like really important, and so we um, we internalize the work ethic, but then we like again in this what's next slash capitalist culture, See. it like morphs into something like really unhelpful. Because yeah. I think that our generations before us, I think they had a really good intention to instill good work ethic in us. I think it actually came from good intentions. See. And then I think over time, as we just keep asking each other about where we are in life, it, it we I think the shame behind not having a good enough answer causes like anxiety because we are we always feel like we're not doing enough right See. and like then we the, question ourselves like yeah See, what we the question heck am ourselves I doing? yeah right but then if you think about it we don't even have an end game like if you were to be successful what would that even look like and maybe if we saw it from that lens we find that sometimes we are already there We just can't see it because of all of that pressure. Yeah. Like sometimes I have to remind myself like, oh, shit, me and my friends have a podcast. Why is that not enough? Like I have a full time job. So do they. And we have a podcast like that's enough. Like (laughs) and I think you've reminded me of that, too. Like, girl, we're we're doing enough. Like we have a podcast. Like "Mm, I think that's pretty good. (laughs) And then I'm like, you're right. Let's see it now. You're but right. We don't have a merch store. We don't have. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we don't have private these- jets on IG, Benefit Cosmetics, and Morphe, and all those places ain't calling us up to, you know, go no. try on their makeup. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going Big Pharma? No. <laughs> you say Morphe? No, I said Morphe. Morphe, oh. the makeup. The makeup. Girl, I'm not I was endorsing like, drogas. I was like, what would a you commercial know? look like for them? Like, <laughs> If y'all want to hit us up, you know, fly us out to like Fiji if, and whatnot. If that future trip is really getting to you, yeah. have some more. Some more. <laughs> La Luna, the podcast is enough. Okay, I know. Uh, no, but Queens does not endorse drugs. Things. No, do, well, <laughs> morphine is not like only per your doctor's sí. prescription. We are not doctoras. Gracias. Yeah. Anyways, back on track. Yes. All right. <laughs> But yes, but yeah. I, I, like I was saying earlier, um, I think our parents like like had this idea of like be successful. Mm-hmm. But 
I know for me, my parents are like, go to college. And you're like, okay, but not really knowing the steps that it takes to get (laughs) into college. Mm -hmm. Or then once you're in college, like, what major should I take? What classes do I need to take? Like, all the little steps in between, like, all the little details. It was just more big picture, which was great. Yeah, But at the same time, you're just like, oh, what do I have to do? And so you're like, I'll just do everything. Yeah, And then even after that, it's like, I'm going to go to my master's program. And I'll do all this volunteering stuff and all this internship. So it's like, I don't know where it ends. And like, yes. maybe yeah. I've already arrived, but yeah. like, there's like, I have you girls or yeah. you mm-hmm. ladies and then some other friends, but there's no one else where I'm like, so what do I do next? Yeah. Right. Like right. Yeah. I'm climbing up this ladder and like, I think I've arrived, but yeah. people say, keep going. I'm like, keep going where? Yeah. To right. what? Yeah. And no one's there to remind you some, sometimes that you're like, you're there already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you're just like going off of your own definition that you've morphed See. from your parents. And like, yeah. I just have to keep going. I don't know what the end looks like. Yeah. But I just, well, so then I intentionally in my life, I do actually try to catch myself when that's happening. And then I just remind myself, like, if you're enjoying your job right now and you're just trying to get good at it, then this is where you're at. You're just floating here and you'll figure out when you want to move forward with like full time therapy, you know, because I really love the job that I'm doing. It, It absolutely has me using my clinical skills every day, but not in the form of full-time one-on-one therapy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I'm really interested in volunteering. So even if I did do therapy, yeah. I, therapy, I wouldn't be making money. I already yeah, know like that, or but I have to remember that's okay. Like yeah. that's enough. And I don't have to explain to someone else yeah. why I'm going to go that direction. Yeah. I think, I think where I struggle is that my experience was similar to, to um, La Rosa in the sense that my parents talked about success, but they never really defined it. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know what that meant. Like, what does success mean to my parents? Like, does that mean just owning a house and living in the U.S.? Because maybe mm-hmm. that's, I think that that's what it was for my dad. But for me, I'm like, I don't, I don't You're know so what right. that looks like. And I think mine, um, kind of my what's next, I think is very heavily tied to guilt and to, um, these cultural expectations that I feel that as a daughter of immigrants, I can't meet. And so, and what I mean by that is that I always feel this immense like guilt and pressure of, uh, of like, I'll know when I make it in life, when I can secure a home for my parents to retire in. I could buy them a property and say, I bought you this house and it's paid off. And, and I see like, youtubers or people on ig that like make video clips that they bought their parents a house or they paid off their mortgage and i like fucking lose it and i ball oh why are you my on that social out. media no say it but you know what i'm on the detox right now yeah from you know my what podcast. that social media like, does i'm not on it but but i was like crying because i remember being seven eight years old and i told my dad papi cuando yo esté grande te voy a comprar una casa bien grande papi te voy a comprar todos los carros que tú quieres and my dad would say okay mija and he would give me a kiss pero más échale ganas va a la escuela estudia that's what he would tell me and so it makes me emotional because i'm at that point in my life where i feel like i should have been able to do that already and i can't and it hurts and i think about it all the time and and my parents have gone through a lot of loss this last year. And I think it made it worse for me because they, you know, they went through so much and I couldn't secure a home for them. But also I did a lot of work in therapy to know that it wasn't, it's not my responsibility to secure a future or home for them. But I think being a daughter of a Mexican background, that 
is heavy for me and and I don't know how to to set that aside and and I'm wondering too if a lot of our listeners out there if they've ever experienced that where they feel this pressure to not only provide for themselves but to provide and secure a future for their parents because being my parents that came from Mexico the expectation is that your children are in the U.S. and they're going to support you and they're going to you know, take care of you when you're old and they're going to give you a home and like we are their retirement. And I don't know if a lot of other cultures experience that, but for me, like it's, it haunts me because I don't know when or if I'm Mm going to be able to live up to that. That's definitely a boundary that I work with too, with my family. And, uh, I think home ownership is the like threshold of like success. And I think school, like they're like, Oh yeah, go to school. But I don't think I was like obsessive about it. I mean, if I was, that was just all me. Um, but what I, I think where I really do feel that pressure where I'm where I have to be like, Ooh, this is where I need to set boundaries is the home ownership. Like I do constantly get hounded for that. You should own a home. You should own a home. You should own a home. And I'm like, you know, I think, I think what happens with that is I, first I feel like guilt, like, oh my gosh, maybe I should. And then I remember this people of color historically were not allowed to buy homes. We're not allowed to invest. We're not allowed to work. We're not allowed to go to school. And so we're all fucking catching up. And so those of us who are going to college do end up having more debt and have less net worth, even with a master's as a person of color than somebody who didn't go to school or also what they found, because there is data to support this, that um, Caucasian folks who finish school and have inherited wealth tend to have le- um, to have more net worth after college than ac- than brown folks See. actually do. Give me a second while I go cry in the corner. Right. I'll be right, back. right. So I think also our parents may or may not be familiar with that systemic piece there, but See. all of us are trying to catch up, and especially in this new age, where it's really expensive to go to school, yeah. you end up graduating with le- as per- a person with less net worth. So yeah. then I have to go back and explain to my parents, yeah, I don't have 20 grand in cash to put down on a house, but I do have cash that I need to be paying towards my student loans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they really, actually, that might be the place where they don't understand me. Because I no, like they're see. constantly like, ooh, yeah, you should buy a house. Almost like a shaming See? You know, thing and I'm just like whoa this is a real thing like I'm actually feeling shame for this even though I know See? logically what I just explained mm-hmm. it still somehow penetrates through See? my logic and I do feel that yeah. all the time I'm like it's like a pang in my heart yeah. I'm like damn and it's hard to explain too because I don't I don't know if all Latino parents do understand you know what it means to be a college student in debt because I yeah. feel like my dad doesn't get it and I was like Apa, like how do you think I got to go to school because your ass didn't pay for it so obviously <laughs> the government gave money but Uncle Sam yeah. came a knocking and he wants his bills back exactly <laughs> And so, like, I had to explain to oh, my dad, knocks. like, Apa, yeah. que sacar con un préstamo de gobierno para ir a la escuela. I was like, mm-hmm. I have to pay it back. And, yeah. and once he kind of started to understand that, you know, it kind of started to make a little bit of sense. But, like, I had to do a lot of work on that. And I feel mm-hmm. guilty for, like, times that I had to say no, that I couldn't send money or this and that. But I got to a point where I was like, yo, like... Si yo caigo, que me va a ayudar a mí, you know? Yeah. My, and my parents understood, I think, at that point. They're like, yeah, you're right. Like, we aren't going to be able to help yeah. you because we're not in a position to. So I think they kind of started to understand a little yeah. bit. And a little bit of that pressure went down. And now it's not so much theirs. It's my own pressure. But yeah. I'm putting on myself to give them something yeah. that I can't right now. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know if I if it's in 
my cards to do it. Yeah. And all the feelings that come with it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I also put pressure on myself as well. Just knowing like where my current, my parents came Your from. Your carrots? What? Your <laughs> carrots? My carrots? Like this whole time my we've been girl. getting deep in La Rosa's like, mm, carrots. carrots. I mean, I did put out a mad veggie spread. Oh, you know, oh, so y'all hungry. All, all right, ladies. Them. Not my carrots. Okay. Oh. My parents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, they came here as teenagers from El Salvador. And then just that pressure of like, oh, shoot, my parents left a country that was broken up by war. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of like so many layers of complexity of trauma of war going on. So just knowing that like my dad dropped out of school when he was nine years old to support his family and then left his village at like 15 to yeah. come mm-hmm. here yeah and then the same with my mom yeah. like she went to school up until she was like 15 16 and they're like it's not safe here anymore like they've seen people get murdered yeah like in the streets yeah. open public or seen their brothers go out to war as like teenagers so they're like we got to get out of here yeah and then come here so then being the daughter of like oh shoot i have to kind of like almost like redeem their sacrifices yeah. yeah like redeem like everything you're like i can't like mess this up yeah. right the stakes are high yeah like you yeah. have to know that they're suffering and the trauma that they experienced didn't go in vain yeah. and so that's a lot of pressure for you being a daughter of immigrants to be here in the united states where you feel like i have the golden ticket i have the golden ticket <laughs> what am i going to do with it how am i going to you know redeem my family and pay them back Every, like you feel almost that like you owe them something, right? Because yeah. they sacrifice so much to give you life here. You just want to make sure what you give them matches like the level of commitment they had and to love get that here. They gave you. Yeah. And just like the focus of like, I don't know, like my dad worked so hard to like when I was about to go to high school, like switch us into a good school district because yeah. he's like, I want you girls to go to college yeah but mm-hmm. like where we're living now isn't gonna work so i'm gonna like sacrifice and to move you. like move into a yeah. neighborhood that i don't know how we could afford yeah. it yeah. what a wonderful daughter yeah. you are to actually be committed to like living up to yeah. the expectations yeah. you knew you were capable of and you were willing to like lean in and live up to it yeah but i think yeah. i also put my pressure like that pressure on myself yeah. of like i like, I can't let myself, like, slip up. I can't, yeah. like, allow myself to, like, make mistakes mm-hmm. or, like, I, like, on the fast track, like, I am was the youngest one in my master's program. Right now, I'm the youngest one in my office mm-hmm. and I'm licensed. So And you're the like, youngest one so in this group. You, so how do you think you're doing, Lara? Yeah. I think it's like you grow up, like, you achieved something really big, like, really young. So you're still trying to grow up into it, mm-hmm. like, trying to do it and you're like well this is what my parents told me to do and while like my colleagues or past peers have had like their parents go to school and Mm -hmm. have their own professions where i'm just like well my mom just said go to school so i went to college straight into my straight into my job the question might even be like how would you know when you've lived up to your parents expectations yeah i don't know like they say they're proud of me yeah. but it's hard to know like okay does that mean i'm off the hook yeah. does that mean mm-hmm. or yeah. can you even define if you've already yeah. maybe been there because <laughs> yeah. i know we were talking yeah. about that like being at the top of the ladder yeah and mm-hmm. not allowing yourself to acknowledge 
like that is the top like for right now that is enough yeah, yeah. like you have but you know up. what like and maybe this is just to give you some validation but i think that your parents experienced every time you walked down an aisle when you walked down an aisle for graduation when you mm-hmm. walked down the aisle as a wife i think that when you walked down those aisles i think that that was your parents dream is seeing mm-hmm. a life here that in El Salvador was not possible for you because mm-hmm. of, you know, because of the, the challenges and war and the climate and the condition that El Salvador was in. I think that you being here, you and your sisters, every aisle that you guys have walked down or are going to walk down symbolizes something for your mm-hmm. family. At least I believe, because I think that we're never going to understand what it feels like for your parents to witness you walking down like to get your diploma or you know and I think and the reason why I thought about that is because when I graduated from um uh Cal State San Bernardino I didn't do the ma- I didn't walk during my master's because I was like fuck y'all guys it was hella far <laughs> I wasn't gonna go I was like nah I'm, I'm cool my parents know what this means it's good but because my dad shared that and I'm, I'm hoping and I'm and I hope that maybe your parents have experienced this too but my dad said that he felt that he had done his job as a father when he got to walk, when he got to see us walk and get an education, a piece of paper that he didn't quite know what it meant, but he knew how much it meant to us. And to see all these students and all these people of color and mixed in with Blancos, I think my dad felt like, whoa, mm-hmm. I think my did my kid just did something big. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that he'll feel that way again if I do decide to, you know, believe in marriage and get married right because marriage isn't for everyone you know so i'm not putting pressure on our listeners but for my family it's important to me and my parents but i think that maybe my dad will experience that again so i I at least truly believe that your mom and your dad might have felt that when they saw you accomplish huge milestones in your life like that's big yeah i think so i know my mom said that my dad cried when uh, my husband proposed See? to me because they were all there. So, yeah, I think so. I've seen like my parents, how they react to my sisters graduating yeah. from college, mm-hmm. too. And in May, my sister graduates from her master's program. So, yeah, like, it's very, very exciting. But like I said before in past episodes, like sometimes my parents have difficulty expressing emotions. Mm-hmm. But See, but you're bringing to life all their dreams. Yeah. Like you're like an actual manifestation of everything <laughs> yeah. they hoped for. The education yeah. that they could not obtain, you and your sisters obtained it. Like it, you guys are living, breathing testament to your parents' dreams mm-hmm. and their hopes that they had for this country. Like you are their American dream. Yeah. But also I feel like I would just feel so bad that they even had to leave. Yeah. El Salvador because I think that wasn't like I want to honor that too. I think yeah. it's yeah. not so much like, yeah, I don't want to also put like sugarcoat that. Yeah. It was a dream they were almost forced to have, but, mm-hmm. but, but you all made the best of it. Like look yeah. what you've made of it, but also it shouldn't have been in the first place. Exactly. And that's just, I'm sorry, yeah. your family yeah. had to go through that. I love that you did that. Yeah. Channeling your mom and reframing. Like <laughs> rough. Like how do you, like my dad didn't have any family. He just yeah. showed up in Los Angeles. Yeah. And El Coyote's like, it's where like do I drop you off? And dream. he's like, See. I don't know. Yeah. And he like just dropped them off at some crack house in LA. My Shit. dad like oh, stayed wow. there until he had enough money to like, I don't know, make a friend. Yeah. Like, hey, can I stay with you? Can I like get the <laughs> hell out of here? It's like a bittersweet dream. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah. I've seen my parents hustle like so much. So I think that's like where I get my work ethic. It's yeah. just like, I just got to yes. hustle. I got to do all my side jobs. I got to do 
all the extra stuff Girl. to just be enough. And now it's just, it continues. I'm like, okay, can I stop hustling? Yes. Can I just enjoy my life like everyone else? As your friends, yeah. I love you. Yes. I give you permission to chill. Thanks. <laughs> For how long? <laughs> Indefinitely. As long, for as long as you eat those carrots. TBD. <laughs> I'll get those carrots. So I think we can move into maybe some affirmations for anyone who is feeling the same kind of pressures that uh, we've just kind of shared what we go through. I'm yeah. sure our listeners may or may not be able to relate to some of this or have your own version of the what's next culture and how that's impacting you. And uh, we want to honor like where it comes from is from a really good place. Like we just said, the work See. ethic, our generations. Um, and then how do we just manage that so that it continues to be what it was meant for, which is just to make sure that we're doing well and pursuing our happiness and our opportunities, but not to create shame or depression in our lives. And yeah. when, when can we catch ourselves when we're doing that? What's next thing to ourselves or to other people? Yeah. Um, so what kind of affirmations do y'all have for our listeners? Mm-hmm. I think like changing for me personally, I think, and this is a, a challenge that <clears throat> like I'm, it's something I'm proposing for myself. So it's, it's something that I'm hoping to do and I'm going to put out into the universe for our listeners as well is to challenge ourselves to allow ourselves to redefine what success means to us mm-hmm. and that it's not this socially constructive thing or this expectation that our parents have placed, but what is our relationship with success and And can we celebrate the little moments that we do succeed? Because I do think that we succeed every day. Every day Mm -hmm. that we breathe is another success. It's another chapter in the books. Every day that we show up to work, that's success. And so it's like giving ourselves permission to celebrate where we are now. And yeah, maybe we don't know where we're going and maybe we're not quite there, but we've achieved a lot and we've accomplished a lot and we deserve to celebrate that and to take a step back and appreciate and honor every milestone. So that's my affirmation is changing our relationship with success yeah mic drop just kidding mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm gonna pick up that mic real quick okay <laughs> i'll share it <laughs> I, uh, I would just encourage people kind of what la luna was saying um but being present in the moment and enjoying life now i don't want to always be future tripping i want to enjoy time with my husband with my friends mm-hmm. like in the moment um doing as a therapist you have to be pretty present with Mm -hmm. your clients instead of like all right let me google search all these different jobs and (laughs) do some crazy job like Mm -hmm. i feel like i'm pretty young and i don't want to be a supervisor quite yet because i I have 40 more years to do this (laughs) (laughs) pacing yeah just pacing myself and that's something my dad says he's like you don't have to rush just slow down Mm -hmm. so just I encourage other people to just slow down and enjoy their life and do what's best for them and really tune into themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good one. And I think um, this is La Sirena. I definitely would encourage you to be okay saying, um, if somebody asks you what's next, to say, I'm not sure. I'm just really glad I got to this point. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to sit here and enjoy it. Yeah. And I'm going to stay on this little island for a while <laughs> See? and have a freaking Mai Tai. Yeah, we'll drink <laughs> my little coconut water. Yeah. yeah. And then I'll figure out where I'm going to take my ship exactly. next on this journey. But I'm sitting on this island right now yes. enjoying the sun. Can I so come? Please. <laughs> yes. And we have a note for anyone who is interested or See? is a clinician or wants to get into the field of um, 
have been a clinician of some kind, either MSW, MFT, there's all PCC, there's a couple of different yeah. certifications. There's ABCDFG, I'm kidding. <laughs> In the world of psychology. C. Yeah. But if you are, we do have um, a great Instagram page as a resource that we personally like, and they have highlighted a couple of mm-hmm. um, like pieces of, of information, information. Yeah. yeah, tips about getting in the field. And the Instagram page is called Mujeres in Psychology, and their Instagram name would be Mujeres X Psych. So it's M-U-J-E-R-E-S-X-P-S-Y-C-H. Yes, and they just kind of break down some of the different fields and kind of just give you a, a little tiny summary of like what that coursework looks like, what that what those programs might look like, just some beginning steps to kind of mm-hmm. help those that are maybe are interested. You can get a little bit of information and there's other um, clinicians or people on there that I believe you can connect mm-hmm. with and stuff. So it's a pretty good resource. Yeah, we yeah. really like them because it's like people who've already have been in this field are reaching back to current students or people interested mm-hmm. and like, hey, this is what it is. Let us help you. Yeah, yes. so we definitely appreciate Mujeres in Psychology um, for the labor that they put into creating their page um, and providing that information it's to us. pretty yeah. cute. I like it. Gracias. <laughs> well, thank you for listening today and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Twitter, in your dreams. Ooh. In our dreams. No, don't do that. Just <laughs> Only take morphine if you're not. See you do. <laughs> All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Adios. Bye. We'll talk to you soon.